Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another Menlo Midweek. As always, it's Mark and Jessica. Woo! And this week, we have our ex-boss and almost favorite person on staff, <laughs> Matt Summers. Hey, wow. Is that, am I often referred to as ex-boss sometimes? I kind of like it, but. Well, I, we I have a lot of those. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. But and Matt, I'm the almost favorite person, but your favorite New Yorker, right? Oh, oh 100%. Yes. Wait, okay. is there anyone else on staff oh, in Rochelle. New York? Oh, oh she's not on staff though, so okay. it's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're good. Staff, yeah. former. Former boss who grew up in New York. Yes. yes. You're our favorite former boss. Wow. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> Anyone can be a favorite if you're particular enough, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, Matt, thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah. And I don't know if you've been with us for a while. So I just want to start by asking, you have a laptop on your lap and you have five stickers on your laptop. Can you explain yes. to me what one of those stickers is? Sure. Um, just anyone? Anyone. Any one of them. Okay. Well, I vote the top left one. Top but... The you top know, left. Okay, so yes, I have a sticker here that was presented <laughs> to me from my wife, and it says, Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters, <laughs> um, okay. which is really weird and strange if you don't know what that is, but if you do know what it is, you would know. If you know, you know. That is, yes. Uh, in the club. If you haven't seen that thing you do, turn off this podcast now <laughs> and just go watch that movie because <laughs> it is just legendary and that is so yeah that's the only thing i could say is go watch that thing you do 1994 tom hanks Liv tyler tom everett scott it's one of the things that we bonded over that's one of my all-time favorite movies it is so good it is a niche thing and if you know you know yeah and you have a special connection with people and you're it's that movie's chock full of great Mm one-liners just wonderful great movie (laughs) by the way just tertiary side point here at some point we should take a trip to southern california because um the town in pennsylvania that uh patterson's appliance is on Mm -hmm. is in the town of orange california what yes is it really yeah it is it's the town of orange like old town orange oh my so gosh. we just need to go there welcome and... to the that thing you do <laughs> yeah. deep dive podcast <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> welcome to the midweek geech podcast yeah, the midweek <laughs> <geech>. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're excited you're here. Like uh, Mark said, you used to work with us. You're now at the Mountain View campus, which mm-hmm. is, Woo. I get to do a little, it's my favorite. Mark talked when Matt Stefan was here, he got to shout out San Mateo. Mm. So now I get to shout out Mountain View because that's the campus that I started working at. So woot woot, if you will. <laughs> um, and if you're wondering, wait, I was in person this weekend and I wasn't at the Mountain View campus or online. Well, because you're in person and you're wondering why we're interviewing Matt. Well, this weekend was campus preaching weekend. And so Matt preached for online and the Mountain View campus. So to start us off, why don't you just give us a little overview of your sermon? Yeah, that's great. So we're in this series, Unlikely Witness, and we're you know having this weekly dialogue on what it means to be a witness. And I think in a way we're sort of 
we're redeeming that term from the Christian mm -hmm. context and we're explaining that term to the secular context, which I think is really good. And so for me, my role this week and the role at all of our campuses um, was to clarify what it means to be a good witness by embodying the story that we all have. And I think what um, Christianity has done is put this demand upon your witness to be this um, uh, deep confrontational sort of thing. Um, and it doesn't need to be that way. The role of a witness as defined is just to say what you've seen, tell the story, tell your story. And so for my sermon this week, I really wanted to highlight the significance of each and every person's story, because we all have something. And it's funny too, I'll say this too, we were supposed to, you know, you know, give a testimony. And the reality is, you know, looking back on it, growing up the way I did, um, I never felt like I had this really significant, pivotal thing in my heart or in my life that you know, some people just have these radical changes within them. They came from really harsh backgrounds and then God kind of just directed their life in a way that they never anticipated. And me growing up in a rather sheltered Christian home, which I loved dearly and had great parents and all these other things, I never felt like I had this moment of like, oh my gosh. And so yeah. I think I felt like my own story was insignificant. And so mm. I sort of had to make peace with that and dive into that a little bit and say like, hey, there, there are things that I'm that I've been through and things I'm in the midst of. And but it took a little work to get there. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to give a pathway for anyone listening to do the same. That's great. And I love how you started this message by really painting a picture of what a witness is mm -hmm. and using an illustration about you on the mock trial team. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear more about that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I had transferred, you know, kindergarten to eighth grade, I'd gone to this very small private school, like just sheltered uniforms, the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. There, there are things that um, occurred within the context of that school, which if you were a parent, lawsuits would abound today. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just, it was, it was a place. Um, mm -hmm. And so coming out of that, I really wanted to go, I wanted to feel free. I wanted to be normal and I wanted to go to public high school. And so I did, but it was a tough on-ramp. And mm. so, you know, I was this kid with maybe like one or two friends in the neighborhood and just didn't know anyone. And want it, you know, you're, you're awkward at that age. And I put myself out there, found a group and joined the mock trial team. Um, and I have to say, I joined like a few different things. I also did fencing in ninth grade, <laughs> oh which I have not been under 200 pounds since eighth grade. Okay. So I'm not, if you've ever seen what a fencer looks like, like super lean, super like <laughs> trim, the idea is to not get hit with a sword, you know? And like, um, <laughs> I just was a big target. I was a, a huge target. That's the thing. <laughs> but I was really good at recruiting other people to join the fencing mm. team. And in the same way, I kind of mm. did that with mock trial too. Like I had this core of friends who like, you know, joined it as well. And we did have fun, but man, I was, I was unprepared for the first time that I was going to be a witness. I was assigned the role of witness for this case. And mm -hmm. you're supposed to read the cases. You're supposed to know the cases inside and out. And I thought I did, but I was unprepared for cross-examination. Mm. That's what I, what I wasn't ready for, to be challenged on, uh, you know, well, you said this, but what about this? Mm -hmm. And I had this pressured speech sort of moment where I needed, felt like I needed to add significance to the story. Mm -hmm. And in a way, like some of my sharing with that, it was fun and like an awkward moment, but 
it brought me back to this idea that maybe within the church context, are we putting undue pressure on people to be witnesses, mm-hmm. to add you know, just a little bit of significance to their story? Not that they're outright lying, but you feel pressure to, um, to do something that maybe is out of the ordinary for you, and maybe you're not supposed to do that. And I feel like there's a little bit of that flowing through the church waters of being a witness. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's, for me, that was the significance of that. And it was fun. I love the mock trial team, but it kind of had this moment for me where, wow, you know, maybe there's something to be learned from that experience. Yeah. And that just kind of makes my mind think when I hear about that cross-examination piece of the mock trial, that's the part that personally could scare me away from Mm -hmm. wanting to be a witness to start with (laughs) is that fear of pushback or a question that I don't know the answer to, or that, uh, or, or something that could go from me sharing a story to then becoming confrontational. So looking back in those moments, is there something that you wish, like, how would you have approached it differently now if Matt now is sitting down at that mock trial and was asked those questions? What do you think would, would be different? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think if I had not been pressured I think I probably would have thought to myself, just repeat what you said, say what you've seen. That's the end of it. Um, You don't know what you don't know and Mm -hmm. don't try to go beyond that. Um, And some, some folks get enlivened by that. Like they want to, if they feel challenged in a certain way, they want to rise to the occasion. But I don't know how you can without being confrontational in some way or being mm. a hostile witness like that's mm. a real thing you know uh i like i said i used to watch a lot of law and order i had mm-hmm. like this is pre svu um i okay. had this is jerry orbach paul sorvino um i had law and order on like vhs and i would like watch it like i had a little vcr in my room and i would watch law and order and i love the you know it was all filmed in new york so you had the the new york thing but then like mm-hmm. the you had the the cops and then the legal proceedings in it. And occasionally you'd get a witness on the stand who either wouldn't answer questions or would, um, you know, be curt or terse in their response or they would fabricate or lie. And at some point (laughs) the attorney who's doing cross-examination would ask the judge, permission to treat the witness as hostile Mm -hmm. and the judge would go granted, you know, and then then the dialogue would go way up. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a hostile witness. I just wanted to be a regular witness. But in my, in the pressure, I didn't become hostile, but I did like, I wasn't honest. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that I was deliberately dishonest. I just didn't know what else to say because I was under pressure. And so I think like just remembering you have one job, tell the truth. Mm -hmm. That would be really helpful. And I kind of wish in the church context, we did a little bit of a better job saying that to people. but instead there's this enormous pressure to perform pressure to tell a story that maybe isn't yours. So that's great. That's really encouraging. Thank you. Yeah. And I think some people too, like you're saying, Mark are like afraid that they're going to become a hostile witness because someone's going to yell at them or something like that for (laughs) trying to share their story. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you only have about 20 minutes for your sermon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was there anything that you like, I really want to put this in there, but don't really have time that you had to leave yeah. out that you want to share with us. Yeah. Well, you know, I I mentioned a bit about 
what it's like to be the parent of a special needs child. Mm -hmm. I did share that. And honestly, I could talk for probably a really long time yeah. about that, but mm -hmm. not without delving into the pain and process and challenges that are associated with that. Um, and, and the thing I didn't want to do is make the sermon exclusively about that because mm -hmm. in the words of my old seminary professor echoing through my head, under no circumstances is the sermon about you <laughs> was always this thing. And I'm like, I have to remember that, yeah. you know, like it's mm -hmm. not, it is not about mm -hmm. me when I get up there, but I did feel like I needed to be a little bit vulnerable to share my story. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, the things I said about Daniel, my son, um, you know, they really did profoundly affect me as a person, um, not in the way that, that you would expect. Um, like I never, he was, he was our only boy and I never, I never obsessed around the idea of being a dad who wanted the boy. Like that mm. wasn't, I know that is a thing and I'm not shaming anyone who feels that way, but I almost feel like because I didn't feel that way, I was maybe spared the pain of the reality mm. of his circumstances mm. because, and I didn't say this, but like we're never going to go look at colleges, you know, for Daniel. We're yeah. like, I also yeah, want to say he was your only boy. He is, he's still with us. Right. So yes. I yeah. just want to clarify that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, that everybody has heard the, the story, Correct. so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So if you haven't, yes, I have three children, um, 11, 10 and eight at the time of this recording and two <laughs> girls and a boy. Um, and Daniel's our boy. He's eight years old. He's on the autism spectrum. He's a special needs kid. He's considered um, moderate, severe, sometimes switching back to severe, moderate, which is actually like two different things. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, so he's ex an extraordinary little mm -hmm. boy. Mm -hmm. He really is. And, you know, makes us, makes us laugh every day. He, he gives, we give him so much attention and interest because he is an interesting person. But, mm -hmm. you know, like I had to, we had to sort of make peace with the idea of like, yeah, you know, we're, he's not going to like do, uh, accomplish anything major in a conventional way. Mm -hmm. Like he's, you know, he's, we're not going to go look at colleges. Like we're, as far as sports go, like it's not going to be a thing, yeah. you know, um, he may find his niche eventually, uh, but well, I mean, we can barely pay, play catch now, you yeah. know? Um, mm -hmm. So there's, there's things like that. And because I didn't have that high expectation going in, I feel like I was almost spared um, the, the pain of, of that high thing. Um, that's not to say that it hasn't been challenging, but mm -hmm. yeah. So I didn't, to your question, I didn't get too deep into the details because I didn't want to make it about me, yeah. but I do have a lot to say and feel about it. And I think that those conversations are best had in relating to other parents mm -hmm. who are in the midst of that. And I do want to say too, if you're a parent and listening now, and maybe you're unsure of your little ones or you have a diagnosis, um, just remember it is a spectrum and things vary differently and you can find a lot of joy there too. Mm. So, Dana brings me so much joy. Yeah. He's the best. He's so sweet. Yeah. He is. And you, we also heard from some congregants that you yes. interviewed as well. So I'd, I'd like yeah. to open up this time for some thoughts around that. Yeah. So Gene and Paul, we met them and I don't, 
I didn't remember, Rochelle made the initial connection, um, but uh, we talked a little bit with Jean about uh, their son, Theo. Mm-hmm. Um, and Theo has a medical condition, uh, Kabuki syndrome. And it's pretty rare. It's actually like really rare. Mm. Um, and it affects him physically and developmentally in all these other ways. And for whatever reason, um, I don't know why, but you develop these great deep understandings and bonds with parents who are in the midst of that. Um, mm. And the same can be said for individuals who experience it and either like siblings or family members who have, um, who have others in your family who are either physically or developmentally disabled. You have this, I don't know, it's like this, it's kind of this, this like funny club that we all sort of have, you know? Um, and you just, you know, if you know, you know, like we said earlier. And for them, I think we bonded over the idea of just like, Hey, when you, when you have a kid, you're, you're agonizing over what you wish you could do for them. And then you confront the social realities of, um, uh, we have like specific rules on how we can leave the house, when we can leave the house, what we can and cannot do, you know, it radically alters your life. You can't just pick up and go. Mm -hmm. Um, you're often, you know, late to parties or really early to parties and you're the first one to leave and you don't want to offend the host and you just hope that your friends understand. But you know, it does in the same way that it's cost them something, it's cost us something too relationally over time. Um, and, and that's okay. Um, not everybody needs to meet the needs of our unique family circumstances, but it does. It So you, you bear that burden and when you have someone else who's there and understands, it's really great. Uh, and so for them, you know, Theo, like that is, they have witnessed the pain of what he's gone through and then the power and presence of God in the midst of all that, which you, you know, when like you're, uh, you're, you're, you're suffering through something physically in pain. Um, and then it goes away. Um, it has happened to me before with like a few different physical ailments. And like, after that bout of pain is gone, the pain is gone, but you are struck with like this euphoria, like, oh my God, I didn't know I could feel this good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like that is what happens in the midst of all of this. Like you're carrying something really, really painful. You're in the midst of something really, really painful. and then when you get a break or a breakthrough, mm-hmm. something happens, it's not that suddenly everything is perfect. It's just subsided long enough where you're at peace and like, wow. And you have like this sort of like clarity moment of like, oh God, like I feel so much better, you know, because you were suffering in some way and that suffering's been alleviated. And I feel like when you get little, uh, little hits of those, it reminds you that God is still there with you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was kind of what they were sharing um, mm-hmm. in in their story. And it's kind of what we've experienced too. Um, so yeah, it's, and not that you need pain to to meet God, but if you have it and then it goes away, it can make you more aware of the presence of God. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that's just such a powerful story. And 
I know I was super moved um, when they were sharing and, you know, it's just so easy to get caught up in the pain and the hard and, you know, all of the negative and the bad, but it was just cool to hear from them that that's their reality. Like, you know, I think it's so easy as Christians for us to think that we just have to always be positive and everything, mm. you know, oh, it all, mm. it'll all work out, you know, or, you know, God uses everything or, I mean, which is true, but <clears throat> so it was just really cool to hear their story of like, yeah, no, it was, it is hard. It was yeah. hard. It is hard. There's so many hard things, um, but we still see God through it. And even to say, you know, I think they talked about how, um, they had trouble praying in the midst of that. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. absolutely. Like yeah. I would have a hard time. Like I already have a hard time sometimes talking to God and it's like to go through something like that and just be able to be like, Hey God, how's it going? You know, it's like, <laughs> just seems so impossible. And so that was just so powerful for me to hear from them. And I hope it impacted other people. I'm sure it did. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's also such a Enneagram seven way to pray. Hey God, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> like just, Actually, don't. I don't pray like that. Okay. But I have some no friends. No judgment that, if you do. I mean, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I have some friends that start their prayers like that. Hey God, and I just love the casualness <laughs> of it. But hey I God, don't actually. God, it me. <laughs> well, Matt, uh, before we wrap up our time here, uh, I just want to thank you for sharing all that and putting together that conversation as well. And I'm hoping that it will encourage people to share their story and for them to tell the truth. So yeah. I, I think that's a brilliant way to say it. And I want to know if you want to shout out anything that's happening at Mountain View, anything for the summer that's coming up. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And it's funny because like we're kind of in the midst of like still planning a few things, but mm -hmm. we do have some, um, and I'm going to get the name wrong on this, but I think it's it's called summer socials i think mm. okay we're gonna have some it's a working title it's a working yeah. title but basically if you come to mountain view on a sunday in the summer um starting at the end of june okay. into july you're gonna have a good time um Ooh. and that's all i want to say we're planning some fun outdoor things so nice. um, oh, sweet. the benefit of mountain view if you haven't been yet um beautiful campus it's a beautiful campus and it's an unconventional place because we actually like don't have a lobby um we have this structure where we meet for worship it's an it's a it used to be called the fellowship hall i'm trying to rebrand it as the auditorium but mm -hmm. um it's this multifunctional space where we gather we worship together it's awesome but we don't have like your typical like lobby gathering area like every structure where humans gather typically has like this little <laughs> entrance like lobby yeah. thing we don't have that hmm. what we do have is this awesome outdoor covered patio structure that um that is where the magic happens in that place and <laughs> conversations donuts coffee good people good energy good vibes it is so that is what i love about mountain view and if you are new um or you're curious about showing up show up do not be shy uh and yeah get connected because it's it's great to do that it is great to do that and <laughs> yeah. you also have a great grass area only two yes. of the campuses actually have a grassy area. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, we have, yeah, we'll, we'll, we usually like set up cornhole out there, do some other fun things. So yeah, we, we have options as a place, which is nice. Um, and yeah, just some quality people that make that place what it is. Yeah. yeah. I will say um, this might be the best recorded podcast just because of your voice alone although voice. scott pombush did one with us too scott, scott's pretty amazing. i think you guys could just do a podcast together <laughs> you should do the what are those like um 
the sleepy time ASMR. podcast or ASMR and just like, <laughs> welcome everybody. Deep, deep thoughts from deep voice men. <laughs> That's funny. I just did it right there. Well, thanks. Yeah. Again, for being here. Super excited. If you go to the Mountain View campus and you're listening to this, make sure you go up to Matt and tell him I listened to you on Menlo Midweek. Please. So he can let us know that people are actually yeah. listening to this. And if you're not <laughs> listening to Menlo Midweek already and you just happen to stumble upon this, please like and subscribe yeah. and make sure it's part of your regular routine thing that your phone updates to because why not why not you could listen to a thousand other things but none of it is going to be as personal and touching Mm. and poignant as this yes correct exactly great well thanks matt appreciate your time thank you bye bye everybody Well, thanks so much for listening. And our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to Menlo Church throughout the week. We believe church doesn't just happen on Sundays. And this is just one of the ways you can connect with us and grow in your faith whenever and wherever you're listening. We'd love to come alongside you in prayer to encourage you or walk through anything that you're going through. All you have to do is text our online team at 650-600-0402. Thanks again for tuning in. This was Menlo Midweek.